All right. Hey, everybody. This is Eric Sunsets, once again, the host of the Doc Buddy Journal. I'm recording this episode on Tuesday, December 6th, 2022. Thanks for joining us again. Glad to have you back. This is uh, episode one, our first uh, real episode. We got past our, uh, our intro. We laid the groundwork last week on episode zero. And I'm excited because today we've got a really nice episode on tap for you where we're going to cover a report from class called Provider Burnouts and the EHR Experience. We need to thank the author David Evans, who published this November 11th, 2022, um, in the Arch Collaborative section of the class website. And that's class, of course, KLAS, uh, KLAS, healthcare class, not the other type of class. Um, this report will, of course, be linked in the episode description along with a couple other resources that you may find helpful. Um, before we jump into the report, though, we've got a little bit of housekeeping on episode zero. I referenced our availability on a number of different podcast platforms. I want to clear the air that you can find us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, at least for now. Um, this is where nearly all podcast listens come from. Uh, these are the two most valued resources. So if anything changes, if we decide to syndicate anywhere else, I'll let you know. Uh, but for now, it's Apple Podcasts and Spotify uh, serving us well so far. And whether you're listening on Apple Podcasts or listening to the Doc Buddy Journal on Spotify, make sure you're subscribed so you know when we release new episodes. And we'd also appreciate a five-star review. Thank you in advance for all of those. A um, little bit uh, more housekeeping before we dive into the report. Uh, there's a lot of excitement building around our 2023 trade show and event calendar uh, for DocBuddy, for us, of course. Uh, we're getting that ironed out now, and we just cannot wait to sponsor and exhibit at all of the events that mean the most to our clients. Um, we're going to expand greatly uh, from our trade show footprint from last year, and we'll be all over the place, and we'll be sure to let you know right here uh, when we're going to be exhibiting at an event near you. So we look forward to seeing you in your hometown, or at least your home state sometime soon. All right, so moving in, moving into the meat of the discussion here, and that is, of course, the Arch Collaborative Reports, which is published by CLASS. The Arch Collaborative is a part of class. I think it's important to have um, kind of a full disclosure here. <coughs> Excuse me. What is DocBuddy's relationship with class? Um, in class, like we said, they do operate the Arch Collaborative as, a, as one of their research arms. And there is no relationship between DocBuddy and class or DocBuddy and the Arch Collaborative. Uh, so that we've got that out of the way. Um, I do want to call out one thing, though, because I have had the um, the privilege to work with class on the vendor side of the experience um, in past stops along my career, and I hold their team in really high regard. They do some very cool work. Um, you know, when you think about class, it's kind of the Yelp for the world of health IT. They're surveying users of different softwares. They're doing statistical analyses on these. And the, you know, that's useful for an end user because they know what they should be looking at, what they should be buying, what's regarded as the best, what's the best in class. And then on the vendor side, 
Um, you get some really cool insights on your own customer's data, on the industry data as a whole. <clears throat> and it's just a very, a very worthwhile experience in a world where, you know, a data product can sometimes be underwhelming. I just think they do really cool work, really important work, um, and really useful work. So let's give you a little detail around the Arch Collaborative and class. So what is the Arch Collaborative? This is a class initiative that is a group of healthcare organizations committed to improving the EHR experience. And I think we could all agree that's, uh, that's an important area to focus on. There's probably some pretty good room for improvement there. And then for CLASS, which again, the Arch Collaborative is a research arm of CLASS, CLASS has been providing accurate, honest, and impartial insights for healthcare IT, uh, the healthcare IT industry since 1996. So they've been around a while. <clears throat> like I said, I hold them in high regard. They do very good work. And what prompted the start of the Arch Collaborative was that as there as class is collecting all of the customer data, all of the feedback about different softwares in health IT, you know, they noticed the disparity. And the question that launched the Arch Collaborative is how can two organizations using the same EHR report such disparate satisfaction with the user experience? That's a good question. Um, and they're looking to answer that with their data. And we appreciate their data. And we really appreciate that so much of it is openly available um, because that, of course, is the topic of today's discussion. Now, there is additional data available if you are a vendor. There's additional available or data available for providers. Um, I believe the provider login is complimentary so long as you have an NPI. Um, you can go to classresearch.com. That's K-L-A-S-research.com uh, for more information. And again, just want to drive the point home that there is no affiliation with DocBuddy and Class. We just know that they're a really great source of data and insights, uh, so we're happy to shout them out. Um, sort of uh, help row their boat forward. So now the report, provider burnout and the EHR experience. This will be linked in the episode description if you'd like to follow along. Uh, but class published this report to detail what organizations can do to combat provider burnout. The, uh, the whole world of healthcare and health IT knows that physician burnout is an ongoing problem. It's been a point of discussion in the news since about 2015, um, and you can derive that from Google Trends, or at least uh, see kind of when search interest in that term uh, started to spike. And the COVID pandemic has really amplified these problems. Uh, so healthcare orgs really are scrambling for a solution. What can we do to limit provider burnout? You know, providers obviously... Uh, an important part of the healthcare engine of the healthcare ecosystem because nothing really happens uh, until a patient is seen, uh, obviously. And when you look at data, uh, any data, whether it's from class or elsewhere on physician burnout, you're going to see all types of choices for possible responses to the question, why are you as a provider or a healthcare worker burned out? And some of these responses are obviously a technology issue. From report to report, you'll get a little bit different uh, types of responses available. And then just think about how, how you'd write a survey. And our point of view here at DocBuddy is, of course, that the right technology is able to remove the pain and cost associated with bad workflows 
and bad workflows obviously driving physician burnout. You know, if everything was great, uh, there there would be much less burnout than uh, than what we're seeing than what's being reported. Uh, so, in a technology sense, you know, we've got a solution that can truly help with provider burnout. Unfortunately, DocBuddy as a technology solution can't do much about lack of shared values with leadership, uh, which is a response that you'll see, but we would if we could. And I think, again, when you think about a broader survey uh, response panel or how you'd write a survey or the reasons that anybody would be burned out in a job, you know, sometimes there just is burnout. Sometimes you're just a bad fit for the place that you're that you're working or the industry that you're in. And uh, if we could help that, uh, we would, uh, but we can't. So let's keep it um, let's keep it focused to the technology for the rest of the discussion. Um, looking at this report in totality, uh, we're not going to pick it out, uh, pick it apart line by line, um, but we do want to keep a thirty thousand foot view of all the data being shared. Again, you can look at it for yourself. It's a pretty cool piece of uh, reporting from class. And the good news, if you can call it really good news, is that it, it looks like the burnout epidemic among providers is easing or has leveled off. Um, each of the responses we're going to look at here is uh, the good news is that the, the percent of burnout has not worsened from the 2018 to 2020 reporting period compared to the current 2021 to 2022 time period. So that's good. Um, provider burnout, still a big problem. Um, but it's not getting worse. At least the class data shows that it's not getting uh, necessarily worse. So going from top to bottom here for the number one contributor to burnout, and I'll try to I'll try to lump these together so that we're not looking at 10 or 12 different uh, lines and sharing the same thought on each of them. But we will pick number one as a standalone. Too much time spent on bureaucratic tasks. And again, all of these things have not gotten worse. In some cases, they have improved from 2018 to 2020 and then to the current 2021 to 2022 reporting period. So too much time spent on bureaucratic tasks. Uh, you know, there's not a compendium for how this whole report was compiled or the ethos behind asking each of the questions. So we're going to do our best to interpret this through a reasonable lens and not put too much of a slant on it. But too much time spent on bureaucratic tasks, that is screaming off the computer screen at me. Um, what is the one thing in a provider's day that takes the most time? Well, it's almost certainly bureaucratic tasks. Uh, there is some reporting uh, in the last handful of years from Forbes, uh, I believe Forbes, that two-thirds of a provider's time is spent on administrative tasks. So when you look at burnout, you really need to be thinking about ways to minimize or outright eliminate time spent on bureaucratic tasks. So that's paperwork, that's office hours type stuff, administrative, uh, you know, being a part of a cog, being a cog in a machine rather. That's not what providers went to medical school for. That's not why they're in the field that they're in. And obviously I'm speaking from the outside looking in. I'm not a physician, but all the physicians and providers and healthcare workers that I've spoken to uh, they're there to treat patients. They're, they're, they're doing what they're doing to enable great healthcare outcomes for their patients. So the two-thirds of their time is being spent on bureaucratic tasks. Just It's a catastrophe in my mind. 
And obviously we have heaps of uh, reading on our website, docbuddy.com, around all the ways that providers can spend less time on the bureaucratic tasks in their EHR, uh, saving as much as three minutes per patient, you know, every single patient visit of the day. So multiply that out. Depending on your specialty, depending on your care site, sometimes it's more, it's never less. And we've got that validated even with um, some surveying from one of our EHR partners uh, that you can absolutely minimize the amount of time spent on bureaucratic tasks using DocBuddy. And then looking through sort of the rest of these handful of, or two handfuls of reasons of contributors to burnout. After hours workload, again, we know pajama time charting, uh, weekend charting, that is not why providers uh, signed up for the job that they did. And certainly much more than signed up for, went to medical school, went through residency, jumped through all the hoops that they needed to jump through to get that MD or that DO or PA or NP after their name, among many other designations. Uh, so being able to complete your chart either at the point of care or shortly after uh, you're through with the patient, or like in the case of a surgeon at an ASC, uh, where you have completed your procedure, <clears throat> you are scrubbed out, and now you are uh, finishing your documentation, completing your op report, even approving your operative report immediately after performing the procedure. That's how you eliminate an after-hours workload. Nobody wants to turn the lights off at their practice, go home, hopefully have dinner with their family, or go to happy hour, or be with their friends or other loved ones, and then crack your laptop or get your, you know, log into your uh, EHR through Citrix to finish charting and hopefully finish. Maybe you don't even finish, but just to complete all of the day's work that you want to complete. So after hours workload, that's huge as well. Having a solution to eliminate that would be, you know, that would drive this contributor to burnout down to zero. And then we'll group the rest of these together. EHR or other IT tools hurt my efficiency. Uh, EHR, other tools inhibit my ability to deliver quality care. That's got to be incredibly frustrating um, as a provider. Um, and then the last sort of technology contributor here is the lack of training or proficiency on EHR or other IT tools. That's a little bit further down the list. That's going from a 16% to a 14% contributor to burnout versus the too much time spent on bureaucratic tasks, which is still roughly 40 to 50% um, of all responses to contributors to burnout. So lack of training, uh, a much lighter issue, but still a big issue. And I think that speaks to a couple of things. There's complexity within these softwares, and that's not a dig at, at any EHR vendor. They need to be complex. Uh, they need to capture all of the data needed, not only for the patient visit, but for billing, for quality reporting, uh, for programs like macro MIPS, you know, go, go down the line. Uh, we're not asking the healthcare frontline, which is our providers, our healthcare workers, we're not asking them to do the bare minimum. We're asking, and by we, that's Medicare, federal government, commercial payers, we're asking for a lot of data to be collected. Uh, so when you look at uh, health IT hurting efficiency or inhibiting ability to deliver quality care, or lack of training and proficiency on EHR or other IT tools, these are all self-inflicted. Uh, and by self-inflicted, I mean there isn't a technology solution out there, really, other than tools like DocBuddy that can bring these markers from 
14 and 16% of contributor to burnout all the way up to 38, all the way up to 48. You know, you can drop those to zero uh, because there's a better way. There's a better way for documentation to happen. There's a better way to access data. There's a better way to share data. So some of these are really preventable. On the other uh, side of things, responses for contributors to burnout, like no personal control over my workload, which is number four on the list um, across both of these reporting periods, a chaotic work environment, lack of effective teamwork in my organization, that lack of shared values with organization leadership. Uh, these are all things that you know you can experience in a healthcare setting as a provider, as a healthcare worker, or in any other type of job. Uh, truly. So there's always a little bit of burnout in any career or in any career path, um, but you definitely don't want the preventable ones like technology hindering your ability to provide care, um, you know, to be so high on that list when there's a solution for it. So in this uh, really great report, there is much more to it than just looking at the contributors to burnout. It goes much deeper than we're going here. We're kind of keeping at high level, looking at the technology contributors to burnout, um, but did want to call out the recommendations in the report for decreasing provider burnout. And they give three. Um, they give three, and there's some case studies at the end, which you can uh, take a look at on your own time to keep this podcast succinct. Uh, we're not going to look at them. But the Archer Collaborative uh, reports suggestions to decrease provider burnout are to build trust in organization leadership and IT, put structure in place to give providers a voice in the EHR, facilitate quick responses to enhancement requests, and make sure that the EHR is continually being improved. Those sound to me like things that ought to be done as a matter of course. Um, project management and healthcare org IT will want that to take place to drive efficiency where they can drive efficiency. You know, IT and leadership can't do a whole lot about uh, how patients are scheduled, uh, but there is something that can be done with IT leadership and making the tools used uh, to uh, that are a part of the, provider, the patient experience better. Uh, so that seems like a slam dunk through my, from my perspective. The next is uh, to decrease the after-hours workload. We covered this uh, just a few minutes ago, that pajama time charting, after-hours charting, uh, charting on the weekends, charting while you're not in your practice or in your facility seems like a shame uh, because there's a better way. And you'll, you'll hear us talk, if you have any one-on-one uh, -on -one experience with DocBuddy, you'll hear us talk about the shift from paper film to digital film um, and how that was a huge disruptor for uh, businesses like Kodak. You know, obviously the shift from paper film to digital film was sharp. It was pronounced. It was not something that took very long to have happen. It was a matter of a course of years when you went from, uh, think about the days of the disposable camera and taking that to the drugstore to be developed or even shooting on film, which I know that's that's a huge hobby for many. And that's great. You know, hope you love it. Hope you enjoy it. But for most of the market, the shift from paper film to digital was a no-brainer. It was, yeah, what do you mean? I don't have to have anything developed. I don't have to develop photos. I can just either print them off or share them electronically. Yeah, that's the way I want to go, um, obviously. And think about the camera that you carry around with you every single day on your smartphone, probably your iPhone or your Android. 
So to decrease after hours workload seems like a no brainer because there is a solution that exists to essentially outright eliminate that. And then continuing on in the recommendations from the report, one helpful approach can be the use of scribes for clinical documentation. And that is probably a pretty good way to decrease provider burnout. But I look at that and I think, really? You're gonna hire more scribes and hire more FTEs and I've got no issue with people finding work wherever they can get it. That is not meant to be uh, to denigrate our, our scribes or our scribe workers out there. We love you. But this is such a classic healthcare fix. You're going to throw either employees or money or both at a problem. And nothing's really going to change. You're just going to transition that documentation uh, effort and pain from the provider to a scribe. So you're not making the system any better. You're making the system slightly better for the provider that they don't have to be the ones documenting any longer. The scribe is going to generate that documentation basically at the point of care or shortly thereafter. But you're still not, like we already said, you're still not making the, the ecosystem any better. But you could be. You know, I can't think of a corollary from digital film and paper film that really fits here, only to say that the shift to digital has happened and is happening. There is not a whole lot of a reason to employ an army of scribes when software can fix this. And that's kind of a cliche, right? Like software is eating the world. Of course it is. Every, everybody is aware of that, at least at some level. Um, but to, to suggest that scribes are the solution for the provider burnout problem, which is really a documentation and really a workflow problem, uh, you can do better. Uh, Take, take the step in the right direction and take the step towards your digital film, which is documentation solutions that are complete, final, even able to be approved right there at the point of care. And then finally, just to do justice to the report and all the hard work that went into it from our friends at class, the final suggestion is to implement programs designed to alleviate provider burnout like peer mentoring, um, which can be particularly effective at improving the provider experience, including reducing burnout rates. So nothing to argue about there. So when you look at this in totality, uh, we're going to put a bow on the episode here. We're running a little longer than we, um, than we normally would at 22 and a half minutes or so. But as we're wrapping up, you know, provider burnout, even though it's leveling off according to this data, and would be curious to hear uh, your experience, in the trenches at the healthcare organizations to hear if uh, if you're seeing the same thing. But even though it's leveling off, that doesn't mean that it's okay. It just means it's not getting worse. So you've got a not great situation around provider burnout that's not getting any worse. Good, we don't want it to get worse. We're not hoping that it gets worse, but, but the opposite's also true. We, we do want it to get better. It's good that it's not getting worse, but we do want it to get better. So how do you do that? And really, that is that shift from paper film, which is the old way of doing things, the way where workflows are painful, potentially costly. Uh, they're a net negative on the entire manufacturing and production line, if I can use such a, a crude way to describe the, you know, the flow of patients through a facility or through a practice or through an ASC. Um, that's not making that any better. Uh, for all stakeholders. We can move the pain around, like the suggestion to use scribes, but the shift to digital, you know, the re the revolution, the new way to do it, to go from paper film to digital film, 
would be to use a software that outright eliminates these issues of clunky workflows and legacy software. Uh, there's no need for additional headcount, no need for additional FTEs. And this is our point of view, guys and gals. This is this is big for DocBuddy. You know, we we look at data and information like this, and you know, we're we're punching the air. We know there's a better way. We have uh, many clients nationwide that are using a better way. They're using the digital film that is DocBuddy for their workflow, for their centralized data access, and really for their meaningful, legitimate interoperability. Um, so while it's fantastic that provider burnout is not getting any worse, there's absolutely a better way. And I'll get off my soapbox here to, uh, to, to let you get on with your podcast listening experience. You can take your business right back to us for your podcast time next week, um, where we'll be back. So be sure that you're subscribed to the DocBuddy Journal on your favorite podcast app. Follow us on LinkedIn by searching DocBuddy and clicking the follow button on our company page. We love that. That's where most of the action is, though if you like Facebook and Twitter, we're there as well. And if you'd like to learn more about DocBuddy and our portfolio of solutions for providers across all of the care sites at which they see patients, visit DocBuddy.com. And you can do two things there. You can schedule time for a demo or just time for a chat if you want to hear more about what we're doing. Or you can also start your free 15-day trial of a DocBuddy solution. Uh, so we look forward to seeing you next week. Thank you for listening. And until then, I'm Eric Sunset. This has been the DocBuddy Journal.